Alexander. Shabbat for three. Bingo! Butler will get it for the win. Butler will get it for the win. Butler will get it for the win. He is hard to believe. Here's Jordan. What's going on guys? Welcome to Dime Dropper, episode 25 of our 24-minute recaps. Before we get started, please make sure to subscribe on all platforms at at YouTube at Dime Dropper Podcast. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, follow us on Spotify, and of course to follow us on social media at Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Dime Dropper Pod. So before we get started today, just want to say with a heavy heart, as always, been a tough day reflecting. Um... Prayers up to the Mauser, Altabelli, Chester, Bryant family, and really sad news today, um, hearing about Sekou Smith, longtime NBA TV blogger and writer, passing away because of coronavirus. That is just awful news, man. Just terrible, terrible, age 48. So our prayers to the NBA TV, Turner family, Sekou's family, just horrible. But let's get to the basketball. We only have two games to talk about. I won't waste too much of your time today. Clippers and Hawks. Heat and Nets from last night. The Clippers, my Clips, just got their our seven-game winning streak snapped, which was very inevitable after the news came out that Paul George and Kawhi would miss the game due to contact tracing. I talked about it in the last episode how disappointed I was because I really wanted the streak to keep going, see how much we could build it up. But it is what it is. Uh, the good news is they came back today, according to beat writers for the Clippers, that they came negative. So we'll see. Hopefully it stays negative. But anyway, let's talk about the game today. I didn't have much expectation. They were playing against another dime dropper team in the Hawks. And we started with the lineup of Luke Kennard, Terrence Mann, Reggie Jackson, Serge Ibaka, and Nick Batum. So immediately what strikes me is we're going with three guards with T-Man, Reggie, and Kennard. And when you replace Terrence Mann with Lou, when we've seen that lineup in the, in the past so far this season, it's been awful. But Terrence Mann did a really good job tonight in the first half of getting over screens and you know honestly for perimeter defenders like 90 percent of defense now is just getting over screens so him getting over screens on trey young he was doing a really good job of that limiting him in the beginning i thought surge in the first half was holding down the fort under the basket but i also thought the hawks were just being really sloppy careless turnovers because once again even though i'm watching it from a clipper centric view i still have been a hawks you know i've been along for the journey for them this year Trey Young and DeAndre, especially DeAndre Hunter, does not miss a lot of those shots he was missing. John Collins was really quiet for a large portion of the game. Like, really quiet. But, I don't know. It's also weird because when Trey Young doesn't have the ball, he just stands at half court and does nothing. So, I just thought the Clippers were doing a solid job of just at least showing energy, showing heart. And the Hawks were just kind of not playing very well. And I thought that Reggie Jackson really came out and played great today, honestly. And I've seen a lot of Clipper fans keep saying it on Twitter, but it's true. Reggie Jackson's been better than Lou this season, and we'll get into Lou in a second. But Reggie was doing a good job of pushing the pace, you know, getting to the basket, not settling, and then, you know, the the layups and seeing the ball go in opened up some threes, and he's been shooting the ball pretty well this season, Reggie. So we were neck-to-neck with them. I thought that, you know, Batum was a little cold in this one. He wasn't getting the same kind of looks that he usually gets with Kawhi and Paul, but went to our bench and I thought our bench was disappointing and who more disappointing 
then again, Lou Williams. I've said it since game three when we lost to Dallas. His time is up. We're going to have to make a move for him at the deadline. I thank him for the year that he gave us, the two years he gave us. Um, I can, uh, I don't even know if I want to throw in last year's regular season. He had a good season, but fuck last season. 2019 season was special. 2018, he was great. But he, it's time to go for him. He, he really has left also a bad taste in my mouth with the, the lemon pepper thing. And he just didn't do himself any favors tonight. Getting looks that he's literally me, he's literally made his whole career. Here, at the Clipper fans, you know, we've seen these looks, this that classic shot going left, and he's just not the same anymore. He's old. He's just, I mean, the fact that he was able to play so well at such a at such an older age for a small guard that you know lost a step because he doesn't rely on quickness. He's such a skill based game. It's impressive how long he's lasted at, at such a high level. But, you know, eventually all good things must come to an end. And he was just broke tonight. Just broke tonight. And Marcus Morris Sr. didn't do us many favors either. I thought his shot was just short. But somebody who did play great off the bench was Zoo. I thought they called some BS fouls on him, though. But he had some great moments of offensive rebounding, going up strong. And that's one thing I love about Zoo is he goes up strong. Usually when it's time to dunk it, he dunks it. He's gotten that mojo back this season. He started out being a little soft early in the season. But he had some nice moments offensively, some nice post moves too. But in the third quarter, ultimately, Trey Young really turned it on. And it was in the pick and roll. And it was mostly when Zoo came in the game. Zoo wasn't perfect tonight. His drop coverage defense was really poor, in my opinion. He was there was one time it started with him sagging off way too far, dropping way too deep. Trey Young walked into a couple threes. And then Trey Young had him in the in-between. And that's the main thing about Trey. When he's taking that in-between game and making it with the floaters. That's when he becomes really unstoppable. And I thought, honestly, as the game went on, like later in the game in the fourth quarter, I thought we maybe should have done um, blitzing Trey Young at that point when he's that hot because he was starting to hit those Ice Trey logo shots. This was one of his, by the way, Clipper fans, this was one of his better second halves of the season this so far this season. So don't go, like, don't panic too much. Like, he played great. The Hawks had a good second half. And Kevin Herter, I mean, that's what he does. So we went zone for a bit. And Kevin Herter started hitting shots to start the fourth quarter. We were in a little hole. But I have to give the team credit, the Clips credit. We fought. We didn't quit. We came back. And we tried. Reggie Jackson tried. Kennard tried. But, you know, I thought Kennard was still a little slow getting over screens. However, it is what it is. Trey Young, uh, he was the player of the game. He took over. And that pick and roll with him and Clint Capella is getting really dangerous. Just like expected because Capella is such a threat on the lob. You have to make a decision as the big man. You have to step up on Trey Young because he can hit lights out. And if you start stepping up to him and start sticking with him, if you don't switch, someone needs to rotate on the lob to Capella, and it's not an easy person to get get to in the air. Trey Young, 38 points, 12 of 23, 3 of 7, 11 of 11 from the foul line. I must say, though, some of those fouls were complete bullshit, and I'm also just get, starting to get really sick and tired of Trey Young. Like, I like the Hawks, but I honestly don't like them for Trey Young. I've watched the Hawks this year to see if Trey Young's part of the problem. He surely is. This team completely runs on Trey, as I've said. If they're, if, and it showed in this game. If he's playing well, they're, they're winning games. If he's not and he's doing bullshit, they're not winning games. It doesn't have to be like that, but it's the way the team is right now. And it is with most star teams. It usually starts at the top, as I always say on this show. But, yeah, Trey Young played well, but those fouls, man... Steve Nash was right. That shit ain't basketball, some of the stuff that he's doing. And I'm really tired of it. I actually like everyone on the Hawks but Trey Young. He's literally just AAU style. Anyway, Clippers streak gets broken. That sucks. 
just because I really wanted to go wanted it to keep rolling. Paul George and Kawhi, please come back soon. Patrick Beverly the same. Hawks move on to nine and eight. Clippers thirteen and five. Serge Ibaka fifteen points, five boards, three assists, six of fifteen. He really tailed off in the second half. Reggie Jackson, I thought he was our best player tonight. Twenty points, eight of sixteen from the field, seven boards, eight assists, and only two turnovers. So now we're thirteen and five. I hope the Knicks beat the Jazz tonight, so that keeps them below us. But now the Lakers have a chance to potentially gain separation here. Anyway, let's move on to the Heat and the Nets. I watched this game yesterday. And once again, no Jimmy Butler, no Tyler Hero. And the big three was playing for the Nets. It was an interesting game because it was actually a very, I don't want to say great, but it was a good defensive game from both teams. And that's surprising hearing that from the Nets. But it started out in the first half with, or sorry, first quarter with Kevin Durant just not getting off to a great start for once. You know, sometimes that just happens. Kevin Durant's bound to miss at some point. And he was just bricking shots that he usually makes. But also the Heat are a good defensive team. You know they're going to contest and make life tough for you. But Bam out of bio. By the way, shout out to Hayden Sigurdsson in the comments that told me Bam's really worked on his mid-range. Because I saw it in the last game. And man, what a difference maker that can be. Jimmy Butler, Tyler Hero, they need to get their asses back ASAP. Because Bam out of bio hitting contested mid-ranges and having that down... Now all that's missing is a post game for him to take that next step. He's already, to me, the third best center in the league after Jokic and Embiid because Carl Anthony Towns is not great defensively and his availability is terrible. Bam Adebayo is so versatile, and now that he's got that mid-range, he's becoming a scoring threat that's not just on rolls and shit. So the next step is a post game, though, because he had a couple opportunities. Actually, I'll just wait till I get there, but... He were up by six after one. The, the Nets only scored 15 points in the first quarter. James Harden just once again wasn't shooting. And I thought the second and third quarters were really interesting in this game because the Heat are one of the only teams in the league alongside the Charlotte Hornets that go zone for like the majority of games. And they usually put the two long wings at the top, which is unconventional, but just to put pressure and get, you know, have, you know, better chances of getting deflections and steals. But the Heat... And again, it goes back to, is the NBA getting better and better? Please go watch it if you haven't. Teams, professional basketball players struggling to break through two, three zones. Like, are you kidding? And it's because of that same thing I always say. They have nobody go in the high post. And when they flash high post, they're not even getting hit half the time. It's literally preposterous, guys. How how are you forgetting the basics? You want to keep running pick and roll with that with a high two three zone, so then the next guy in the zone can just slide over, and then you shoot the, the the three that they want you to shoot. What happened to ball movement inside outside? Attack the gaps. Get in the middle. Like uh, I don't understand because DeAndre Jordan can't be put in the high post. So Kevin Durant or somebody else, they don't have any traditional power forwards because that position has died once again. Going back to is the NBA getting better and better? My video series. But yeah, they can't break through zones because nobody's in, the, nobody's in the high post. It's ridiculous. It's actually comical. And the Nets just couldn't get good shots, just relying on their threes. And they, But you know what's funny? The Heat had this game for the taking, but Duncan Robinson just couldn't make any shots. Like, Duncan Robinson, 1 of 10. So without Jimmy Butler, without Tyler Hero, you know, you had Bam doing his thing, 10 of 19 with 26, 10, and 5. Jesus Christ. And then Goron had 21. But the next best score was Kendrick Nunn with 11 points, but he was 5 of 17. So if Duncan had given him a little lift in that third quarter, late second quarter, then the Heat may have won this game. But in the fourth quarter, and this is something that's becoming a thing in the fourth quarter for the Nets, they have so many guys 
that can close the game. And this night was James Harden. Out of nowhere, he started attacking the zone because instead of taking it from up top playing point, he started getting on the wing and started taking him from there. So it wasn't, you know, so zeroed in on him and starting to take guys one-on-one through that matchup zone. And Harden was doing a good job getting to the basket. Then eventually he was doing that classic tween cross, tween cross, pull back into a three. So James Harden really turned on in the fourth. It was a very great showing from him. Closed out the game like stars do. And that's the thing with this team. KD started making some shots here and there late in the game. He just had an off-shooting night, Kevin Durant. But it wasn't that bad of a game from him. 6 of 21, 3 of 12. I thought he shot too many threes for one. But 21, 13, and 5, a steal in two blocks. I thought his defense was good. This was the best defensive game the Nets played for sure since the trade for Harden. And it was mainly, honestly, two guys I want to shout out. Joe Harris and Kyrie in these games. Yes, Kyrie Irving. Even though he was only 6 of 17, he actually was fighting getting over screens. And the Miami Heat only scored 14 points in the fourth. And part of that is because Jeff Green did a really good job on Bam Adebayo in the post. But that's the thing I'm saying about Bam. The one thing he needs to get that can take his game to the next level is a post game. He had no running hook. There was a bunch of times where most big men, he was giving him the lane. No running hook. And so Jeff Green, a smaller guy is getting away with guarding you, Bam. And that's just one of the main things I say. That's the biggest problem with big men in today's NBA taking advantage of smaller guys so bam as good as he is developing that mid-range he needs to have a back-to-basket game if he wants to take that next step as a great great big man and i'm not talking great for this era i'm talking great great big man because Jokic and Embiid, they have the potential to be like actual great bigs like all-time bigs i'm not saying top 10 centers of all time that's an extremely elite class that i couldn't name off the top of my head right now but that being said Kyrie Irving, Joe Harris, Jeff Green, overall their defense, the Nets, was the best I've seen. They did get a little fortunate, though, with the fact that the Heat were so shorthanded and cold in terms of Duncan Robinson. But James Harden, that's the one thing you really want to see if you're a Nets fan. He turned it on in the fourth quarter. He finished with 20. He was 7-10, 3-5. This team's still working out the kinks, but to get two wins in a row with those guys together and to actually hold a team to under 90 points in, in today's NBA, especially with the way they've been playing, I thought DeAndre was okay, too. But he didn't get as many minutes. It was a lot of small ball. Jeff Green, 34 points, 10 points. I'm sorry, 34 minutes, 10 points, plus 19. That was tied with Joe Harris for the highest in the game. So 11 and 8 for the Nets, two wins in a row. The Heat are kind of in trouble, though, 6 of six and 10. They need to get their guys back. But that's it for me tonight. Now we're going to go to the live subscribers for a bit. I thank you for joining me. Let me know what you think of this episode. Episode 25, we're ending shorter today. Peace.